It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online post-game live show. Sean Callahan, Stephen Sipple, Robin Washett here. We're going to take you for about the next hour or so as we recap uh, Nebraska's 26-9 to loss to Illinois here on Saturday. Um, it was a game with a lot of different storylines that broke out. Uh, most notably, quarterback Casey Thompson out now uh, with an injury we on his arm his hand his bicep we don't know the extent of that injury um but bottom line is it was a disaster for nebraska once thompson went out of the ball game uh the husker offense ran 20 second half plays in this game um for a, what 27 yards Robin? 29 29 yards 29. so tw- um you know they had nothing going three total first downs in the in the second half um you, you really couldn't have drawn this thing up worse for nebraska once thompson went out of this game casey or trey palmer was a non-factor six targets one catch one yard Uh, the running game was a non-factor after some early runs by anthony grant sip kind of you finished your big take what 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 were what was your takeaway from this one well i mean there's you know the day began with a lot of promise it even though the, the, the it didn't seem like the crowd was that jacked up which made an impression on me but it, but the day began with Nebraska. You, you know, you were thinking maybe they, you know, win could put them squarely in the division hunt. Um, it could build some momentum going into a rugged November, and it could enhance Mickey Joseph's candidacy for the head coaching gig. Now all of that lost steam, a lot of steam. You know, with nine thirty-eight left, too. This is what this is what will always be striking to me about this game. Bocalette catches that pass and goes for a touchdown, long touchdown down the sideline. And Nebraska has a 9-6 lead. And you're thinking, <laughs> a lot of things go through your head. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, maybe this will be a bowl team. Um, I mean, what's this? how's this going to impact Mickey if they can pull this off? And then it qu- turns so quickly. It went south in a hurry. Went south, I mean, in the next, yeah. I mean, that was with 9.38 left uh, where when Bocalette, uh, took that ball into the end zone to give Nebraska a three-point lead. And I think it was with 631 left in the half when Casey went down. And then there was just trouble. I mean, it was just trouble from there. Yeah. I mean, they just got a three-and-out stop. And they yeah, Ramir Johnson streaking down the sideline on a wheel route that they had worked the entire bye week on. Um, Mickey Joseph said they ran that about 10 to 12 times, and it worked to perfection every time they ran it in practice. And yet – when it comes into the game with a chance to really uh, change the entire complexion of that whole afternoon, they can't make the play. And the immediate fallout from just that one bit of adversity was pretty striking. We, we hadn't seen that under a Mickey Joseph team yet. I mean, it happened a lot under Frost where you know they walked such a fine line uh, that the first 
bad thing that happened, a lot of times they would just kind of go into a shell and uh, the game would be over. But this was the first time we'd see that under Mickey to where they they didn't make that play. And then they didn't capitalize on the momentum and they lost it immediately. Now, granted, Casey Thompson's injury had a lot to do with that, but uh, there was a lot of other issues at play beyond just the quarterback. Well, think about that. I mean, if Ramirez... If Ramirez Johnson catches that ball, it's remember it's nine to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska gets a stop, and if he catches that ball, they're into they're into enemy territory. They're in the Illinois territory. Yeah, worst With case, momentum. it's first and ten deep in Illinois territory. Pretty deep in the Illinois. I think he would have got across in the Illinois 50, territory. Yeah, in the Illinois territory, and you know you're you're looking at Nebraska maybe going up. You know, is nine six, so going up sixteen to six. It'd been two scores, and and let's see what kind. Of, let's see how Illinois responds to that kind of pressure. We never got to see that. And this wasn't a protection issue. It wasn't like Casey Thompson was running around for his life. He had adequate time mm-hmm. in this game early to make throws. Mark Whipple drew up some great play concepts early in this game, and he was missing. I mean, you go back to that first drive. Yep. Trey Palmer ran across the middle, didn't see him. Then he yeah. threw the tight end, almost had a pick. Yeah. Then he goes to Trey Palmer and throws a pick. Um, you know, just Casey early was rusty. He didn't have yeah. a rhythm. And Illinois, give them credit. That's a great defense, a very good defense. I think it's, yeah. And and they, they handled them. I mean, they looked like a team that would win the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Good running game, a good defense, a good head coach. And a highly efficient quarterback. And a quarterback, yeah, not not a not an elite Ohio State CJ Stroud, no, but the guy went not quite. He not went twenty, of tw- <laughs> but he went twenty of twenty two. Right, that was good. He yeah. went twenty of twenty two for two touchdowns. Yep. I mean, how, how do you criticize that? And he ran it. I mean, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just it. saying he's not CJ Stroud. <laughs> he ran it very. We'll, we'll stick with highly efficient. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I mean, he came in completing over seventy percent. He was over ninety today. I mean, that's. That's what it takes. When you run the ball, Chase Brown had 140, almost 150 yards rushing, uh, touchdown, caught a touchdown. So he did his, and you knew he was going to get his numbers. But the way Illinois was able to keep drives going through the air and the effectiveness. Now, again, they had less than 200 yards, so they didn't like light it up, but they moved the change. They got all of those convert third down conversion plays. They had that big play right out of the gates, 46 yard on a crossing route where they schemed Nebraska up out of their cleats. And um, the Williams kid, Isaiah Williams, took it to the house. Um, but other than that, it was dink and dunk, methodic, uh, efficient. And they kept drives on schedule to where, you know, they didn't make mistakes. Nebraska made the critical mistakes. And that was the difference in the game. And Chase Brown, um, the nation's leading rusher, 32 carries for 149 yards. Just a long run at 21. Not too bad. But what he did was he played situational football when they needed two on third and two, he got two mm-hmm. when they were around the end zone, he scored and that third down throw from DeVito to Brown. I mean, Nebraska got great pressure and and they found Brown for the touchdown. So he didn't necessarily have a home run game, no, didn't. but it was a game to win the big 10 West. He just did the things that mattered mm-hmm. and they didn't, they didn't try to overdo it with chase Brown. It, it was a very workmanlike 32 for 149. They, well, I mean, I'll, I'll turn that around. And say Nebraska did a pretty good job on him. This game wasn't really on Nebraska's defense. The offense put a lot of pressure on Nebraska's defense. Come on, I mean, I mean, Sean, Sean, you said something on the sideline near the end of the game that made a lot of sense to me, and that is Casey Thompson, a good quarterback, a good quarterback can disguise a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Nebraska just wasn't good enough 
too many issues to overcome without Casey. And it's, I mean, guys, it's kind of danger zone. When you think about the way Minnesota played today. Same thing. They allowed Rutgers 134 yards total. Yeah. Zero points. yeah. It's going to be tough. And then now. you got Michigan and the questions surrounding Casey Thompson. And it just my feel, 845 Saturday night, it doesn't feel good with Casey Thompson. Right no, now. no, it doesn't. Now, think about the defenses Nebraska is going to face going forward. So they play Minnesota. Um, which is a top, which is sixth nationally in total defense. Michigan is, I think, fifth nationally in total. Or yeah, oh, well, they're all top twelve nationally in total defense except for Wisconsin, which is thirty third. And Wisconsin still plays pretty yeah, on. All defense. of a sudden, they're starting to play better. They didn't yeah. play today, Wisconsin, right? Right, right. So you're facing ornery defenses now with it with perhaps without Casey. Yeah, three, this is a bad deal. All this is three, a bad day for Nebraska. All really three bad. of the teams that played today that Nebraska still plays, all three won. Iowa had one of their better performances. Obviously, well, I, I shouldn't say Michigan hasn't won yet. They're still playing yeah, right now. They're winning, they're winning as we speak. What is the score? Uh, I think they're they either just kicked field or they're about to kick a field goal. They were up 10 to 7. Ooh, about to get 13. Mel Tucker, they make this one in. Michigan State, Michigan's always close, so no matter what. Either way, the point goes that uh, the schedule is not going to get easier for Nebraska. And Nebraska all of a sudden has now its biggest question, concern, whatever you want to call it, that it's had all year with Casey Thompson. I mean, if he misses next week, if he misses beyond that, you really can't give them much of a chance at all, in my opinion. Based off what we saw, especially out of Chubba Purdy, I mean, they couldn't do anything. They could not move drop the football. Off. Could drop uh, off. And again, it wasn't a, the offensive line just totally breaking down. They were just missing throws. There just there was no comfort in the pocket whatsoever. Uh, it just kind of looked like a big mess. And now you've got a week to try to figure that out against a Minnesota defense that just held their opponent under 200 yards and shut them out. Good luck. I didn't think Chubba looked ready. No. no. I, I, now, Which leads to the question: I would have liked to see why was he? More, why did he only play in the second half? One like, more Logan Smothers. Where was Smothers? I don't think anybody would have been fired up. I mean, disappointed if Logan got an extra series. Like, well, well, Mickey, Mickey alluded to it. Um, they had to throw the ball to come back. They got down to a degree that you had to throw. But there were points when you could have made the case to bring him in earlier, like after that fumble when they were spotted at least a field goal. I mean, run the ball there and taking three. It's a one possession game then, and. Okay. You know, the game's different at yeah. that point. Instead, Chuba runs around, forces a terrible throw across his body, and is picked off, and then basically signs, sealed, deliver. And uh, you guys talk about schedule. We did learn today the uh, Minnesota game next weekend here in Memorial Stadium. That will be an 11 a.m. game on ESPN2. And, you know, we had a great crowd, great day. It looks like it's going to be great weather next week as well. But I will be interested – especially if we know going in that Casey's not going to play against Minnesota for an 11 a.m. game, like what the feel is going to be like. Will, will, will there be – I know the tickets will be sold, but will there be more empties for a game like this if you know Casey's out and it's an early kick and just after – just have a good feel today right now. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, I was – like I said, I alluded to this early. I thought there would be more energy in the stadium today. Maybe people are a little seemed worn hesitant. Out. Yeah, like even when things were going well, people were like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Like they they didn't want to like fully believe it. It was happening, and then obviously the other shoe dropped. And yeah, I think a lot of fans under. I mean, they good fans, smart fan base, understood probably what Nebraska was up against. Mm -hmm. Again, though, I will tell you, 
when, when Vokalek went in, I, I mean, I get it. The, the margin for error is small. And that's what we saw. Mm. For Nebraska, the margin for error is really small. And that's what we saw. Let's face it. Nebraska was good enough to make this interesting for a little over a quarter. And maybe that's all we should have expected. Except if Casey's in, if Casey doesn't go down, changes, changes a I lot. mean, maybe they're in that. Because the, the big end. play's there. When Casey's out, yeah. I mean, not only the big play's gone, no plays are there. Yeah. I mean, no, getting like the first down <laughs> I mean, like, out of the equation. Was there. I yeah, mean, it it didn't was, seem like it. Well, and Trey Palmer, I mean, he was targeted six times. They tried. One catch for one yard. And a lot, that's not all his fault. I mean, he was open and like they just missed him. Illinois was handsy. That's what Mickey said. Illinois was going to make it tough for him by being handsy, and he'd have to run through a lot of contact. And he, you know, he did have to run through contact. And you know what? Trey's not the most physical receiver. No, One Mickey, thing, Mickey kind of called him out on it, too. Yeah. He says he needs to be able to do better at running his routes through contact. The one thing I'd watch if I were an NFL if I was an NFL GM or NFL coach on him is that mm -hmm. you notice that when he runs reverses, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't roll through contact very well. Um, he's a speed guy. Um, but in the NFL, you'll, you'll get a lot of hands on you in the NFL. Yeah. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Well, if you're joining us now, uh, thank you very much. You're watching the Husker Online postgame live show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. We're taking you home here as Nebraska 26-9 losers to Illinois. Uh, they'll come back for an 11 a.m. game we learned here just minutes ago against Minnesota and we uh if you haven't checked out Husker Line we got all our post game content up Sipple's columns up you always want to read Sipple's column you've been reading Sipple for probably 30 plus years go to Husker Online he's got his column up now Robin's got five things we've learned I've got the final grades takes up Good all job. the post game videos are up so uh get on Husker Online um not a member you can get on for ten dollars for the year it's a promotional special uh that we have right now it's a look at our front page as you can see Sipple's column uh, dispiriting loss cast dark shadow on Nebraska and Joseph's candidacy. Yeah, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. Was it an easy one to write, Sip? I mean, did you kind of yeah. have this figured out by about the third quarter? Yeah, it wasn't hard to write um, because of that. I mean, because you 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 knew really at halftime they're in trouble. Now, as far as Mickey's candidacy goes, you know, I don't like to. We do this with other coaches too i will do it with stoops by the way mark stoops is kentucky teams getting Base it on one game getting hammered yeah, yeah we week do to that week. yeah we game to game yeah we dismiss like matt campbell's out of it <laughs> right well I mean, that's how it feels though yeah now now campbell's dates to last year so that's not yeah, a great example a continuation of right but with mickey that this hurts this does he's in a he's in a he's in an audition he's been in an audition since the oklahoma game and this this part of the audition was a flop yeah, it, it didn't go well. And you can say, you know, he got some bad breaks, obviously, with losing your starting quarterback. That's going to be tough mm -hmm. for any coach. But, you know, just the, the quarterback management. I, mean, I think you can really question how they handled that. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, why they didn't rotate or give Logan Smothers more of a chance and maybe why they didn't try to do some things like run the ball more. When you have a green quarterback like that in there and that against that type of defense, um, you know, try to do some things to take 
the pressure off of him as opposed to having him drop back 15 times uh, and only complete what three, three passes. So, I mean like eight times I should say, anyway, the question about Mickey though, is that sort of stuff. And then also that, again, this is the first time where we saw kind of the same issues Nebraska had been having under frost happened under Mickey. And they're far enough removed in my opinion from the frost era and some of the stuff that was going on there for that to happen again kind of makes you question things a little bit more i want to talk about first down too, guys uh, nebraska okay. today on 18 first down calls they threw it 11 times and they only ran it seven times so you know and they were three of 11 for 27 yards on first down throws uh, nebraska only averaged 1.7 yards on first down and yeah, you know, this become very predictable at that point. And I feel like Whipple, you know, he has great co- concepts and designs. Like guys are open, uh, and but if they're not executed, mm-hmm. there are a lot of second and tens. And then they were running on second and ten to Grant, and it just felt like the flow of the game in general just didn't have the rhythm you would want to see. But Nebraska was three of eleven for twenty-seven yards on first down throws. Yeah, and Grant, you know, he didn't have a bad game in terms of efficiency. Just no flow to it, though. And, yeah, Anthony Grant ran twelve times for sixty-one yards. That's five point one a carry. Now, maybe if Whipple had it back, he'd say, "I would, I, I would, maybe should have ran Anthony on first down more often and not thrown." 11 times and 11 out of 18 first downs or throws oh and, okay okay and so yeah illinois so nebraska averaged 1.7 on first downs in the 18 attempts they had on first down plays illinois was 4.3 so illinois had that nice second and six second mm-hmm. and five on average the entire game nebraska was sitting second and nine second and eight trouble most, i mean you trouble. can't win trouble you are not especially when trey palmer is not getting touches um and casey's hurt that's the game right there well and again it, it comes down to execution because we'd have a different conversation if they're hitting on those first down plays that were there ramir johnson's play was there yeah it was. Uh, trey palmer running uncovered underneath on a crossing route and just casey thompson doesn't see him that was there um you know the they, they dialed up some really good pass plays on first down that just more often than not were not executed and so as a result they had to return to the running game and so first down run or second down runs you'd be like wow they've been great on first down you know instead of second and six you'd have or third and six you'd have second and six and i think that happened far too much because they had stuff that they wanted to do that was there they just couldn't execute it and it threw off their entire plan and so if those plays hit maybe this whole day goes differently but they didn't hit and nebraska didn't adjust especially after the quarterback change happened especially after the quarterback change i mean you do wonder what this game would have looked like with Casey in it. Now that raises all kinds of questions. Did they get was, you know, we're saying now we're saying Chuba didn't look really well prepared. He didn't No. you, which makes you wonder, was he getting enough reps in practice? Now, Mickey alluded to that. He said, when, you know, when you're a backup, you don't get a lot of reps in practice. Well, I mean, if, if, I mean, you could say to Mickey, if it was a more extensive interview, well, you can get the backup a lot of reps if you want, you know. It's a pro-style practice, though. Right. Barrett Rude alluded to that on the radio this week. He said that the practice structure they do resembles really what Pete Carroll did, which Ed Orgeron used in his which coach. Um, pro-style. This is the way they rep and execute and how they go about things. And, so it's one. It's Yeah, and one, it's how Bill did it. I mean, when Bill Callahan was the coach in Nebraska, the ones got like 90-some percent of the reps, mm-hmm. and the twos would get a series here and there. And 
I think a quarterback position, you know, you're just not going to get a lot of good Tuesday, Wednesday reps to be ready for a game like this. No, I mean to put the whole trouble. game on him and Chuba Purdy. Here's the the line on Chuba. He was three of let's see what was Chuba's line here. Um, three of eight. Three of eight. Yards. Fifteen yards. Sacked twice. The one big. interception. I I mean it, there's a bit you you talk about it again, Sean on the sideline. The drop off from Casey to the backup was more profound than I thought it would be. I, I we remember I thought there was a period in August where Chuba might push for the job mm-hmm. in the preseason camp, but I what I saw today doesn't suggest that Casey was pushed hard for anything. And what does that say about Smothers? I mean, we're having this like questioning why Smothers wasn't playing. What does that say about how the staff feels about Logan Smothers and what the gap is between Chuba and Logan as throwers? Now, you, you, I think you understand that to a certain degree. Logan doesn't have a real strong arm downfield to make arm, the pro downfield throws. arm, now, and that's what you need in this mm-hmm. offense. So that part makes sense to me. Actually, he doesn't. You saw it last year against Iowa. He couldn't make those throws downfield, nope. especially when they're trying to come back late. Um, you know, they they had a, that final drive against Iowa, and, it, and they, they were, it, the wind was a factor, and I, it really made an impression on me. He couldn't push that ball through tough wind. Casey can. Now, Chuba, again, I, I just I just wonder how many, if he was prepared reps-wise to orchestrate, to manage Nebraska's offense in a game against the top-rated defense in the country. Nebraska probably would have had to play really, really, really well, almost – as well as it can to beat Illinois. And Focus you know what? Sound it, football. Yeah. And it fell well short. That's my disappointment. And they just, they needed to play really well on a day like this to create some magic. And they just never, they didn't play very well. They really didn't. And your, your colleague, Vershawn Jackson at the ticket asked Mickey, um, you know, is Richard Torres even an, an option? And, and Richard has probably the best arm of these quarterbacks, but he's just not ready. Not for um, that. Not for this. I mean, he against yeah. those defenses. I mean, you're, you're yeah. not going <laughs> to. Richard, Richard Torres played like. Hey, Richard, go play Michigan. Torres <laughs> knee and you know played a lower level of Texas high school football in San Antonio, not the highest level of teams. Yeah. You know he has got great arm talent, but yeah, they're not just going to say well, we're going to go with Richard Torres this week. It's it's Chuba or um, Logan. Logan. Yeah. yeah, I know the argument can be made. Well, he's got four games left. You know, or four games with his redshirt. You can throw matter. him in there. But you're also risking some setbacks there where you get well, a guy he's trying to win the job still. You get a guy, you know, destroyed Tom Michigan or whatever it may be. Uh, then you got to rebuild that back up as opposed to just the physical standpoint. So, I mean, I think it just doesn't make sense right now. I mean, I think you work with what you have. You still have two young quarterbacks that you got to try to groom them first uh, as opposed to just jumping all the way down the line to your true freshman. Well, and the running back situation is is not good. After Gabe, you know, after Anthony Grant, they got nothing out of. I mean, Jack Wesjant tiptoed his way to what did he finish with? Three carries for negative four yards. Ramir Johnson dropped a pass. Jack Wesjant averaged negative one point three per carry today, and you know, I questioned when they took him out. Like Grant didn't even have that many reps. Like just keep Grant in. I mean, I get that you have a rotation. But in a game like this, like when Grant really hadn't been used much anyway, taking him out in that situation, um, they did score on that drive, I believe, because that, that was the the one that they scored on. But um, it didn't have anything to do with Deanne, obviously. But yeah, they not having um, AJ Allen has uh-huh. has just set things back as much as anything. I mean, mm-hmm. just he was going to be he was really coming on, and Gabe Urban being out now too. I mean, they're they're in a real trouble spot, and Ramir Johnson had a chance to. 
maybe change the game. And he, and he, and he failed in that situation. He failed on his one play. They didn't even give him a chance running the ball. I, you know, I guess I, we're talking about this conversation of who else besides Grant, but they don't give anybody else a chance. You know, they give their backups like one or two reps. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because they're just not running the ball enough to spread out the carries. But, you know, going back to even Anthony Grant, he didn't get a big enough workload. He looked fresh today for the first time fresh. in a long time coming off that. He had that burst. He was making guys miss at the second level. I mean, like he looked like the guy we saw earlier in the year. And considering all the issues they were having throwing the ball, I just don't understand why you didn't try to lean on that a little bit more. And again, I know Illinois' run defense is as good as there is in the Big Ten, at least statistically. It's good. So, I mean, you're you're asking a lot. But at the same time, I thought there needed to be much more balance, uh, especially on those first downs, Sean. Throwing the ball that much yeah, on first stuff. down, I question that. I question mm -hmm. that a lot. You're joining us now. Um, we're, we're breaking down Nebraska's 26-9 loss here. Uh, to Illinois as the Huskers now have lost two in a row. Um, they had a chance to kind of get back into this discussion in the Big Ten West. Now they're they're out of it pretty much right now at this point. I mean, and you know, I think that's the question now. What are they playing for with four games remaining? Bowl game. Yeah, you know, that's still out there. Yeah, still on the table. Mm -hmm. Two two wins. No, they got to get they got to get three. Oh god! Unless they get the APR bid. No, no, it's three. I mean, I'm, 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 you know, no, 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 it's not going to be APR. We've covered enough five and seven bowl game APR. Yeah, three stuff. wins is going to be really difficult. I mean, we just got to see what what the news is with Case. I mean that that defines the season. If any hope of a bowl game relies solely on the right arm and the injury to it for Casey, Thompson. we've learned that tonight. That's one big takeaway tonight. We learned Casey Thompson's value to this team, mm. oh, really, in a stark way, in a sort of a scary, scary way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now scary. Casey's a good quarterback. I mean, his value to this team is enormous. Without him, they cannot move the ball. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Not it right now. Like so again, it's that margin for error conversation. You and take, you take. If you had to, if now Grant at one point was down. Mm -hmm. If you took Casey and Anthony Grant With out, Trey of the Palmer equation, getting completely locked down. Yeah. What do you have? I don't know what you're doing. Travis Volkler. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But uh, here's another thing to be said. We just talked about the way they structure practice and how the starter gets 90% of the reps during the week. Maybe Chubba looks a little different with a week full of prep working I, as the starter. There's a lot of there's a lot to this conversation. He's got so, the so to what Sean's alluding to in a pro style practice is one station. Yeah. Now, a lot, a, lot, a lot of people have talked about that at Nebraska for years. Why are you practicing with one station? I mean, Osborne, Osborne, you can't, I mean, people, don't roll your eyes, but Osborne will go three or four stations. I'm not suggesting you go three or four, but could you go two? Couldn't you go well, two? Well, Frost stations? was trying to kind of do that. Yeah, Frost yeah. did that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you get people pretty fired. I, mean, I think people just want to be done talking about that era. Like, it, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just such a different time. I mean, 2030, I mean, like it's just different. Well, Tom Rand's practice way different for a lot of reasons, but it was, it was, it was impressive to watch it. Four stations, you know, they run a couple over here and then a couple over on the outdoor. Field. Yeah. Three units would get a hundred reps in a practice. Yeah. So their, their guy, their backups were well versed. Yeah. And now, Sean, you're talking about one station practice with a lot of guys standing around. I got to know people hate this discussion, but it, but this sort of illustrates the issue with it. Chubba looked like a quarterback who doesn't get many reps in practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's what he looked like to me. Yeah. And you got to think of the time he missed in the spring, too. I mean, yeah. he was playing catch up all spring yeah. to where the spring game was like the most that week before mm -hmm. was the most extensive practice he'd had. And mm -hmm. so 
he was already well behind. And yeah. so he's been playing catch up okay. since he got here on campus. And now you're asking him to you know, go up against one of the nation's top defenses and, defense. and back up duty with very little prep during the week. That's that's a lot. So who knows? Again, my point is maybe if if it comes down to it, Casey's out. Maybe Chubba looks a little more serviceable when they give him time. To when they ready. give him time, when he's incorporated as the number one quarterback into the game plan, to where he's working with the receivers, he's executing the plays and all that. Where I just don't know how much of a chance he got with that this week, because just considering the way Nebraska practice, my guess is not much. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we're uh, wrapping up this game here. Um, I want to hit on this too, um, the Riola family. One of the other like pregame stories of the game you had the Riola family here, and I, I sent Trey some photos of this um, from the pregame scene. Um, Dylan Riola, the number one player in the country, was here pregame, uh, committed to Ohio State, still very much a solid Ohio State commit. They were with um, his younger brother, Dayton, who's a freshman. Nebraska just offered Dayton. Dominic was there. Their father, uh, Dominic's father, Tony Riola, was at the game as well um, as kind of a family reunion gathering uh, to watch – um, Donovan coach. Um, and it got a lot of buzz. I mean, it kind of dominated the pregame and that's Dylan Riola right there, as you can see. Um, but you know, what an opportunity they had just to, you know, make, just get on the minds of the Riolas. And, and that feels kind of like a lost cause, at least for, for Mickey Joseph and his guys today as well. For now, at least for now. Yeah. I mean, it's a long run, but, and that's Dominic talking there to athletic director, Trev Alberts, their pregame. Uh, and that's Toby Wright, I believe to the right there talking, uh, the father oh, of Javin yeah. Wright, former Husker player. And there's the the Riola crew there, Sip. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that whole scene today with the, on the recruiting front, how many visitors? 50-some? Yeah, they had a huge – I mean, Mickey has pushed it hard. I mean, you know, his candidacy to be the head coach, they've really pushed it in the recruiting side. And, you know, every Thursday he calls local high school coaches for an hour to two hours. Like he, and one of our users on the board, Husker Wood, uh, Gary's been a longtime member of Husker Online, um, now works at Springfield Platteview, was at Bellevue East for years as the defensive coordinator there, um, said that out of the blue, Mickey Joseph just called the Springfield Platteview head coach on Thursday to wish him luck in their hmm. playoff game. So he's done all he can. He's pushed all the right buttons in recruiting um, at a level that I think all Husker fans want to see. And, and that's been a positive in all this. And, and the Riolas coming today was a real nice story as well. Unfortunately, it's just not going to probably deliver much, at least right now. <laughs> No, and this whole thing with Mickey is interesting because it's not – he didn't – you know, he inherited the mess. He didn't really do anything to help create it. So no. that's why it's in some ways – listen, I get it, though. If they're winning, we give him all the credit. When they lose, it's hard to come back and say, well, he didn't create this mess, so it's not his fault. Mm -hmm. it, it, so there's a lot of people, you know – there's a lot of people that support Mickey's candidacy. There's a lot of people that are very skeptical of that whole conversation. I get it. Mm -hmm. We can't, on one hand, when they win, say, wow, look how they're fighting under Mickey and Mickey's changed everything. And then when they lose, we can't just come back and say, it's well, it's problem. not Mickey's yeah. deal. You know, it's all Frost's fault. Right. Yeah. It's not. So you got to, 
you got to be analytical. I didn't think they looked particularly well prepared today. I mean, that's it is what it is. Um, and Weston, I don't know though. You could say especially though, coming off. Now, hold a on, now, hold on though. I got to correct myself. They came out pretty well in a way. I mean, they how they many settled, yards did man. they have in the first quarter? I mean, they in the first half almost matched Illinois's allowed season average. They yeah, they're over two hundred. Yeah, they had two hundred and fifteen. Illinois was only giving up two twenty one on the season. Nation's number one overall total defense. So that suggests they, so they were well they were clicking. Yeah. And they were hitting big plays, that big play to Brewington, the big play yeah. to uh, Travis Volkolek. You know, they were getting chunk yards out of Anthony Alante Grant Brown. early. Alante, Alante Brown had a 15 yeah. and a 32 yarder yeah. early. But then Illinois adjusted. Well, then Casey Nebraska, got hurt. Yeah, then Casey got hurt. <laughs> I mean, they did. Was... They stopped trying to run the ball. They couldn't run the ball effectively. Right. Uh, and it just went into full panic mode. And yeah, so they that's, didn't have a plan B that's where the criticism, if you want to talk about not being prepared, it's when things stopped going perfectly. Nebraska couldn't adjust and they couldn't find ways to overcome that. I want to get uh Weston hit us in the super chat with a comment. And he just said, is this loss on Mickey? Um, ah. And like, and mm. Sip has already hit on this, but thank you Weston for your support yeah. here of Husker line. And I just wanted to get uh, his super chat comment in the show here and simple. You've kind of hit on that. I mean, sure. It's on some coaches at times, but it's always know, on the head coach. You know, there's a lot. I thought it was interesting post game when Mickey admitted the sizable gap between the quarterbacks, typically you don't hear the coach. Oh no. Yeah. You're you know, right. like he's being real. I mean, a starter is always better. I mean, remember when, when um, Whipple first got here though, and, and said that day one, Casey Thompson took the first reps yeah. and people like, no fre- people like freaked out. Like, I can't <laughs> believe he already announced yeah. Casey was the number one over the other guys. I still remember is this, is, I mean, go back yet. to that question. Is this loss on Mickey? I mean, we just established, that in the first half, Nebraska was up up in that 215-yard range. So that suggests they're well-prepared. This is this loss is much about Casey going yeah. down, and that's not on Mickey. Yeah. Now, uh, it's hard to it, – it, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to say because, are, again, we don't know what went into pre- pre- preparing Chubba. Was right. there enough that went into getting Chubba Can Whipple prepared? get him prepared? Yeah. I mean, that's and, the and was there now. enough – did they prepare for the – possibility of of thompson going down did they prepare adequately for that because now listen we talked about it for the last four weeks casey's got to go down at some point because he's just getting rocked yeah shouldn't be surprised so they shouldn't have been surprised so that's where i would want to know i don't really can ask this this week how much repetition was chubba getting during the week yeah you know, and now it's hard, hard to answer. As far as we know, maybe he was getting. Yeah, he might have been getting. And maybe yeah. the moment was just too big for him. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, it could have been that. So who knows? All right, we're continuing our discussion here, post game show live. Um, Nebraska, twenty six nine losers. We've got a month left, guys. That's it, four weeks. But in all reality, Trev Alberts, this discussion for the next head coach, it's got to be kind of starting to get the ball moving in the next week or two. And that's why we thought today in this Minnesota game were huge because it was a real opportunity at home, great weather, big stage for Mickey to kind of vault his candidacy to really make a push for it. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe, maybe Trevor's like, there was no chance, but. Or maybe he has somebody. See, we always, we, we always have these. It's interesting. And we don't, we, I do it. You do it. Everybody does it. We, we talk about this search like, it, we almost talk about like it's fictional, a, a fictional event happening. For all we know, Trev has a guy hired. 
Let's not pretend he's like, all right, what coaches are available on September right. 12th? Like, right. Well, yeah, but, but you see what I'm saying? That. It's possible that Trevor's made a decision and locked somebody in. And guys, it's very possible. This is a more attractive job to me than it's been the last few times it's been open because of the Big Ten and the shift of the money in college yeah. football, yeah. because of the collectives that Nebraska has access to and the money that they're going to have particularly with the 1890 initiative collective and the Pete family and then the new facilities facility. Um, yeah. Those things make this a phenomenal job for whoever wants it. Yes. There are recruiting challenges here because of the geographical location for Nebraska, but you add the collective, the facilities and being in the big 10 or the sec. I mean, these are the premier jobs right now. And Nebraska is going to offer whoever gets this job the best of everything. Yeah, and you know, the one guy that comes up is Bielema, or not the one guy, but one of the guys that comes up is Bielema, and one of the Champagne News Gazette writers was telling me, don't don't look for that. I mean, he's built, he's building a mansion. He's pretty comfy there. Yeah, he's, he's build, building a mansion yeah, in Champagne. He's building a mansion in Champagne right now. He's got two young daughters, 35-year-old wife. Um, he, I think they, he wants to put down roots there. He's from, he's from Illinois. I, I would, I'd be a little surprised if, he looks very comfortable. He looks very yeah, comfortable there. Yeah, if he would leave there after two years with what he's got going. And and the other factor is that um, the writer pointed out was Illinois can come with whatever kind of money they need. I mean, they can. They that, have, that they AD have, is a bulldog. They have Big Ten money. Yeah, um, they do. They can pay him. Yeah, think about that AD. I mean, Josh Whitman. He, Josh Whitman survived the, the Lovey Smith disaster. I mean, he kind of pushed that through, and that was a disaster. And you know, he was able to get through that. And then at basketball, too. I mean, he was able to bring in Brad, Brad Underwood. Underwood. Um, and who, who did he oust for Brad Underwood? The guy, uh, oh, the Ohio uh, coach. John Gross. The guy that Nebraska won. John Gross. Tim Miles. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, guy's hitting right now. I mean, he hired Jeez. Brad Underwood, who's got Illinois as a top 10 team and or top 25 team. And then he's got uh, Brett Bielema, who all of a sudden is uh, well on his way to coaching in Indi- Indianapolis here. In well, yeah, Illinois – I was wondering if they, I mean, I I go I went in wondering are they real? They look pretty real to me. They didn't look o- overrated, yeah. really. They're, so like they're compare them to Ohio State. They're not Ohio. Okay, they're, they're but compare them to the Big Ten West. Oh, they're they're, they're a best, Citrus Bowl team. team. That's what they are. They look guys. like that. They I mean, look, they're going to play in the Citrus Bowl against well, they like look Kentucky. Like that. Yeah, and they look like they could give Kentucky a go. I mean, they're really physical. Oh yeah, I mean, you know what made a big impression on me? It'll get lost in the discussion. Nobody will talk about it this week, but. I'll bring it up. There were a couple of times when, you know, on first and 10, they just run it up the middle and their push was enormous that there was a time near there. I think they were at the 11 There's first and 10 at the 11 and they push just a simple run play. The scrum went 10 yards. It was very Wisconsin. It looks like a rugby scrum. Yeah, yeah. It was very Wisconsin esque, like where, where they just pulverized mm-hmm. Nebraska's front. I mean, just on a basic run play, he just burrowed behind the line for 10 yards. I mean, that's some serious, serious push. And that's Billima. That's that's Billima. I mean, he's a line coach. Defensive line, offensive line. His his lines are going to be good, and they are good. Their offensive line's not great, but their defensive line's pretty – Well, their D-line is legit. A, yeah, it's a And bitch. their O-line is physical, and they're nasty. Yeah, did, they're, you, yeah. I, did you see how many plays those guys are blocking two, three – Five seconds after the whistle, Bielema. there was a play where some guy was just driving Luke Reimer twenty yards downfield. Reimer's looking at the official like, "Hey, come on!" Yeah, like that's what they did almost every play. Oh, and you saw Nebraska. It was, it was getting to Nebraska's defenders. They're like, 
well, for one, the refs let them do it, but two, like they just kept pushing it further and further and further. So as the game wore on, the totality of that physicality was it, it took the game over. Bilam was at the top of his his profession. He, you know, he's fifty two. I'm not. I shouldn't say he's at the top of his profession, but he's at the top of his game. I think. I think that Arkansas job. Yeah, he's in his wheelhouse. Fa- right yeah, failing at Arkansas helped him. Probably made him hungry. And I think he's there's a determination that you <laughs> see. Hungry. Well, you saw, you saw them, Sean. No, sorry. <laughs> wow. Low hanging. Food. Hungry. <laughs> but you saw it, that Wisconsin game too. When he went back up to Madison, like oh, he's, yeah. he's got a yeah, that's a tough chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and he, a few chips. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Weston in the super chat again, hitting us up and just said, hey, at least we have volleyball. Yeah, absolutely. Follow Abby Barmore. She's killing it on the volleyball beat. The shining light of good news on our website. Except when they play I mean, Wisconsin. Yes, well, we don't talk about that. They, they took care of business tonight against Maryland. Did they? Sweet. Really? Just domination. And, and you are going to Colorado tomorrow. Yeah. To cover. 5 a.m. flight out of Lincoln, heading out to Boulder to watch them for a scrimmage. It's a charity exhibition game. It's not a scrimmage. It's like the it's soap game. scrimmage. Back in, they keep when, stats. It's going to be to bring a bottle of Gatorade or um, <laughs> soap or shampoo or towels or. Well, yeah, no. In, no I'm just no. kidding. I'm just, this is going to be the first look in, at basketball. But anyway, nobody wants yeah. to hear about basketball. Right okay, now, do they? Back to football. <laughs> what are, are there other questions? Yeah, I want to I wanna get through Talk some about of the, the questions uh, here. Um, we got a lot of comments. Uh, I just want to see if I can get a couple good questions because we have a lot of inter interaction uh, on the sh- show. Um, a lot of talk about Bill O'Brien debating on him, and fans think Bill O'Brien is basically would be Mike Riley 2.0. Yeah, now I I often tout O'Brien. The thing I'd worry about right away is if he gets good just going to the pros, and I think he doesn't stay anywhere long, right? And I think he would maybe be a possibility for New England. You know, I'd watch that. So I like O'Brien. I do like O'Brien, and he is not Mike Riley 2.0. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that that's unfamiliarity. First of that. all, they're completely polar opposite personalities. Completely, completely. I mean, O'Brien's a hard ass. Completely. O'Brien's closer to Polini. Yes, yes, good. He's like Sean. a polished Bo Polini. Yeah, yeah. Still very rough. <laughs> Still very rough. <laughs> Slightly polished. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I want to get back to a point you talked about with mickey calling high school coaches like is that is mickey doing something unique or was it more a matter of the previous head coach ignoring that element Um, like what would the 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 surprise that that got when um you know brian yourself kind of wrote about this week was striking to me to where like people were like was was frost not doing this so is this is this unique for a head coach to be that active I think with local the, high school coaches. The biggest thing is Mickey uses his support staff probably better and, and they manage him where I felt like the support staff had a hard time maybe getting to frost or, you know, getting to him to do like just the overall getting to him, period. workflow of things yeah, yeah. wasn't great. 
Um, you know, Frost just wasn't a big, I mean, think about this in five years. I think I've talked to Frost on the phone twice. Mm -hmm. I mean, you maybe a few times, simple mm -hmm. a few and, times. Or, I mean, the, there's, he just wasn't as accessible. And I think Mickey had a drive to want, he understood it and wanted to do it and give Vince Ginta credit too. I think since Vince Ginta has gotten here, um, he's added a leadership arm to the day-to-day mm -hmm. -day of recruiting that might've been missing. And when Frost first came, Frost here, hired Ginta. Yes. Too late. And, but when Frost first came here, he had Bob Welton. And yeah. Bob Welton is now the director of recruiting and personnel for Alabama at Nick Saban. Well, Bob Welton was only here for a cup of coffee. He was here like three, four months. Then he went to Alabama. They never replaced Bob Welton. Um, and, you know, they, they instead they just kind of promoted the UCF guys. Everybody kind of had their department. And there wasn't really a true, true figurehead of the, the department to lead the day-to-day -day recruiting. Everyone kind of had a lane. Ginta now, all the lanes report to him. Mm -hmm. And and that that was missing. Good analysis, I, I think they needed just another layer of management in that recruiting department because this is a different job than UCF. Frost's staff, when they brought him over, they, they had not had experience at a place like this with the local coaches around here, the lay of the land. And I think the Ginta hire, unfortunately, uh, you know, might have been too late. I mean, Well, no, not might have been. It, it was. was, and it yeah. should have been like a guy like Welton should have been replaced, and, right? And that falls on Scott Frost. Ah, that's what I'm getting like at. Frost should have replaced Bob Welton with a Vince Ginta type hire, right? Right away. There. That's what I was getting at when I said too late. Yeah, Frost made a nice hire of Vince Ginta, but he waited till his bat till Scott was under extreme fire, mm -hmm. you know. So and at too what late. cost? Like in yeah. the in the meantime, between those two hires, like how much did Nebraska lose? with their traction on the recruiting front by not having someone that was running day the show to, to that degree. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what ifs with that. Yeah. And you're seeing what it should be. I mean, Ginta is running it like it should be run and he's holding assistants accountable. They're getting the head coach on the phone for two hours on Thursdays to talk to local coaches. I mean, mm -hmm. you need a person that gets on the coach and does that. And they just, you know, that the, area just wasn't quite there um got one comment here in the super chat from cb and sip you can comment on this one how on earth did kansas state beat ohio state 40 oklahoma, state. oklahoma, oklahoma state, state excuse me 48 to nothing with a backup qb your thoughts is Kleiman a serious candidate of mm. consideration well i mean you would think um i mean he would fit i think you'd fit here what would he do for the fan base? I don't know. I, there's there's nobody out there really that's that keeps, keeps having games like today. Yeah, but that'll do something for the fan. That base. would, but there's nobody out there that's realistic. I I'd say that everybody would agree on. I don't think. Yeah. Some people would yawn at Kleiman. Um, oh yeah, no question. A lot of people would yawn at O'Brien. A lot of people would yawn Lance. at. There are Lance. people that would hate Urban Meyer. Yeah, Dave like, Doran. Yeah, a lot of every yawns. candidate you name, Mark Stoops, a faction of the fan base will be vocally opposed to. Yeah, it's, no yeah, question. Trev's, just, Trev's in a tough spot for okay, sure. Okay, but they hired the candidate everybody wanted in Scott Frost. <laughs> it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Now they hired the one in Pelini, and, and there was a lot of success. I mean, Pelini went to three conference title games. A lot of it was with Bill Callahan's talent he brought in mm -hmm. in the early years. Yeah, uh, they brought talent in here. Bo, bro, Bo brought talent. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying he didn't yeah. bring talent, but. I mean, he got Nebraska in the top ten. Right, but he brought in talent. I mean, Rex Burkhead and Amir Abdullah and and, and Vincent Valentine and Collins and Gregory. Those are all guys that he brought in. 
Sue, though. I mean, come yes. on. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, this this whole thing is yeah yeah you're gonna get right. It's gonna ramp up pretty quick. Now, here's the thing. Again, I don't want to do that where I talk about it like I know what's going on. We say it's gonna ramp up. It could be over. Maybe it's already me. ramped. Right. Right. <laughs> it's the been yeah, It's done. really a strange conversation how we talk about it and how we present it. And I think we have to be very careful in how we present something that we don't know. We we have no idea really. Now people don't want to hear that, but but I've said it's better that way. You don't want this to become a public clown show because you'll cost yourself candidates and you'll look bad. Well, we've seen a lot of clown shows here over the years. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. And it's bad. Yeah. It doesn't look good. So Trev, I applaud him for keeping this very, I don't like to say secret, but just professional. Was it, was it you or Sean or sip that in tunnel talk mentioned how, just how many people are even remotely, involved in what trev's thinking right now like he's got like yeah i mentioned one it. yeah it was you said yeah. one or two maybe people that Doug have Ewald. any clue what's going on or maybe a cl- couple close uno people that he really like booster supporters from from his days at uno yeah i think there's a there's a he has a friend in omaha um who was a a longtime supporter of uno that might know and then his chief financial officer here that's what i was told it'd be maybe two people that would know maybe his wife seriously maybe his wife might know um, but it's under wraps. Well, it should be. That's why. Yeah, I mean, I've been we're saying. talking about guys working on their jobs, and if it got out, yeah, it'd be a bad look. You know, it could, I, I always think about when it was wrongly reported that Gary Patterson was taking the K State job in the middle of the, like this time of the year. You know, when all that went down with it was a, when Ron Prince left K State mm-hmm. or whenever it was. Um, but that was a bad deal. Like, it's a bad look. It, it cast Nebraska in a bad light. If, for instance, it got there was some kind of report anonymous that Nebraska had reached out to Lance Leipold and Lance Leipold talked to Nebraska. Now, what would His Leipold verbally agreed to terms? What, yeah, or something like that. What would what would Leipold tell his players? Yeah, um, his boosters, everybody's fan, his fan base, and then that's Nebraska. You're, okay, so Nebraska, thanks, thanks for interfering in Kansas's nice season. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you want any part of that. Well, think about this too. I mean, they still got a team playing football right now at Nebraska. Yeah. You, that still, too. you still have an interim head coach just trying to get through this season. That so too. he's still coaching, recruiting mm-hmm. as if he's, he's still got a chance for yeah, the job. Think of the impact that if would you, have on that. Operation. You rip that rug out from under him. I mean, yeah, yeah. Where, where does it go? Why All of a sudden that? the coach is like, why do I care? I'm yeah. Why do you here. want that? Yeah. So why do you want that? it's a very delicate situation. Yeah. And I think the way Trev's handle it, the fact that it's so secretive that all of us are just speculating. Right. Is that the way it needs to be? Because right. the other way would just end badly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is what I know. That Iowa game, when it gets over on Friday, we're done riding. I mean, we're, we're, we're driving back. Yep. We're going to move like, quick. Like, we have to get back here pretty quickly, I think, because, you know, by Saturday night, this thing might be out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. by Sunday, we might be over here. Mm-hmm covering guys leaving or covering guys coming in mm-hmm. and it's going to go quick 
because Monday and Tuesday is going to be this new, it's not done yet, but a dead period where a coach has an opportunity to meet with players to find out who's staying, who's going in the portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to get wild. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Terry, um, and I don't know if Trey can find this tweet, but Shannon Terry made a tweet that this like 50-day period that we're going to get from like Thanksgiving through January is mm-hmm. going to be maybe the wildest stretch of recruiting we've ever seen with full throttle NIL mixed into it, mm-hmm. with full throttle transfer portal mixed together because we've had full throttle transfer portal to an extent but nil wasn't quite full throttle now it is not the level it is now coaching change i mean it it's gonna get wild when when you look at what this is gonna be in about a month like full-blown free agency for fifth and it's gonna go for 50 days like Mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna go all the way up until the first day of classes which is the day after martin luther king day Oh, good. So clear your calendar. News. A lot of news. Yeah. Stay, stay Be ready tuned. to um, stay write tuned on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some commit stories on Christmas and Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no better Rough time. No better time, though, to be on Husker Online because we will have all of this on there. I mean, we, we we dedicate our life. I mean, like we love what we do. We love the opportunity that we get to, to, to talk to the great Nebraska fans on the platform that we have, which is the largest online community, Husker Online, the Red Sea Scrolls. We've added Steve Sipple to our staff here um, on June 1. And, you know, we're, we're, we know that it's going to be busy and you're going to want to get on here, take advantage of the $10 special. Some fun times ahead. And, you know, we got some we got basketball coming up. We got volleyball rolling. They're mm-hmm. going to be playing deep into the NCAA we cover tournaments. Baseball. We cover baseball, fall ball. Just is, well, you're going to have a new yeah. coach. Yeah. So a new football coach, new football yeah. coach. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. And yeah. so somebody, yeah. New come, players, come the new turn assistants. of the year. We're getting into winter conditioning, all that sort of stuff. And transfer portal, spring ball rolling up. Uh, it, it, the calendar never slows down. It will always be wild. All right. Final thoughts, Casey Thompson. What percent do you guys put on him? I mean, just your feel at nine 30 on Saturday night. Do we see Casey Thompson next week against Minnesota? Uh, at this point, just based off the limited information, I'm going to say unlikely. They said that he hit his elbow. Mickey said that he hit his elbow and he lost feeling in his hand and his fingers. His fingers, yeah. So nerves. I'm no doctor. I, I was nerves. And right. so like, what is the extent of that? We'll see. But right now, just based off that, I, I would say it's unlikely. And even if he does play, like what percentage of Casey Thompson are we going to get? What is he going to be able to do? What kind of throws is he going to be able to make with an injured throwing arm, hand, elbow, whatever? It, it, I don't want to speculate on that injury. I just want to say this is a monumental day in a bad way. I mean, it, this is this is a this is a rough, this is exceptionally rough. It day. turned quick today. Yeah, it, there was hope, and there was a lot of it. Not anymore. there was a lot of hope, um, but we found out. I mean, it was Nebraska was good enough to hang in there for a quarter, a little more than a quarter, but then when it lost. We, when Nebraska lost Casey Thompson, Sean, you nailed it on the sideline late, like, late in the game. A good quarterback disguises a lot of issues. With him out, the issues just were magnified. Yeah. I don't think it overcome him at this yeah. point. Well, thanks again for everyone for joining us here on the Husker Online postgame live show. Uh, we'll be back again after Minnesota. If you miss it, that's an 11 a.m. game next week, ESPN 2. 
Um, so we'll be live after that game a lot earlier. Uh, so make sure you join us as well. We'll have the Monday night quarterback show um, going to this week as Jeff Cameron, Steve Sipple, Jim Rose. Um, we try to kind of put another wrap on things. Then we'll hear from Mickey Joseph again on Tuesday. So uh, get on to HuskerOnline.com. Read all our postgame coverage. Uh, stay with us. You will not get a better snapshot of what's going on with the Nebraska football than on Husker Online. Thanks again to our producer, Trey Yannity, uh, on the back end, putting the show together. And for Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.